I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. everybody and welcome back to the broadcast. So my guest today is a good friend of mine who's been on our screens and on our radios for I think over a decade. We'll get into that. Um, She's led... Two decades. Excuse me. (laughs) Two decades. She has led one of the most fascinating lives in her short 40 years on this planet and there is so much I want to talk to her about today. Because quite frankly, she's been through a hell of a lot, especially with her body. And she's had a hell of a lot of experiences that so many of my clients, followers and listeners can really relate to. But she also has a phenomenal perspective on things. And she's got the most incredible ability to reframe things, which as a coach, I really admire and respect in people. I'm very excited to welcome onto the podcast, Zoe Hardman. Thank you so much for coming on. I know you're busy you're and you're so really far away from me. I know it's weird, isn't it? I feel like you're really stretching yourself thin just to come here today and do it and I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No, of course, of course. It's you. So two decades. Yeah, two decades. I love I can't that. I believe that. I did my first TV show when I was 21, so That's mad. What yeah, was the no. first TV show? Oh god. What was it? <laughs> do you remember playing it straight? Oh my god, I love playing it straight. <laughs> god, now can you imagine? It wouldn't have been allowed. It wouldn't it was, have been allowed. The problem is, it, well, I guess not the problem, but I think the joy of it was that it was so innocent. Yeah, of you know, course. It was 2005. Big Brother had only just been going. It yeah. was sort of scripted drama. Yeah. It was really funny. June Sarpong was the presenter, and it was Where just the June most Sarpong? wonderfully camp and brilliant thing. It was amazing. Yeah. It was. I I remember absolutely loving it. Like these are the days when like is this when like Shipwreck started. Yeah. I feel like Shipwreck was the first UK reality TV show ever, ever. Yeah, so they all sort of kicked off, didn't they, in sort of 2000? And it was just it was just a really brilliant time of telly where like it was. five million people tuned in every Friday night to watch it. Isn't that mad? It's and crazy. Now, like, no one's watching TV anymore. Oh, no. Every time I say it to my family, they're like, no, you're wrong. I'm like, oh, touched enough. <laughs> I'm like, okay, everyone's watching TV. Um, so, okay, I should give context here. Zoe is... Paul Duran Jones, who we call Doza, his wife, and he's James's best friend, and Doza is the godfather to our daughter Bodie. Yeah, we're weird. We're a weird family. Yeah, yeah. We're a weird family. The boys have known each other since they were fifteen years old. They both rocked up yeah. to Wellington together, didn't they? Yeah, and hated each other. Hated each other, yeah. and yeah. then just kept each other close for the rest of their lives. He's which the is... only person James speaks to every day. I know. It's really cute. I know. Even in bed last night when me and Dozer had had an argument and he wasn't even talking to me, the phone <laughs> rang and he was like, all right, bestie. And I was like, oh, you talk to him, so but you won't rude. talk to me. No, he does talk to me. James does talk to me. I feel like it's a way to like freeze us out. Like James and I will have an <laughs> argument and he'll be like, I'm, I'm just going to go outside and call Dozer. And then I'll see him at the back of the garden like, ha, 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 Howling I'm with like, fuck you. <laughs> they drive me mad. That's what best mates do. So how was his birthday in Ibiza? It was lovely. I mean, you know me. Ibiza is my special happy place. Yeah. And so yeah. I want to go there all the time. You got married there. Got married there. We got married there five, six years ago. And then I just try and go at any opportunity yeah. that is available in the diary. I just go, right, Ibiza for a couple of days. Yeah. So yeah. W- w- what was really funny um, to everyone listening, I invited Chloe and Task to come. And I thought it'd be really lovely for the four of us to have some time together. Yeah. Obviously, Chloe, you're yeah. working, so yeah. you couldn't do it. And yeah. then at that point, I thought James would go, oh, no, I'm out. Oh, I'm not coming. And he oh, literally no. was like, I've booked my flights. And I was like, well, the three of us are going. <laughs> yeah. That's not what. I wanted. No, this is what he does though. So any now since James retired, he's just turned into like such a party boy. Any excuse for a party. I I was at I was at Chilton Firehouse with him and Trusy last week, two of our friends. I promise we'll get on to more podcasty stuff, but this is quite a funny story. We're in basically at like a hot spot in London and they've both got a pint in front of them. And I go for a wee with Bodie, change her nappy, come back up, and he's like, So I'm gonna go to Tring with Trusy to have a beer. I was like, you're literally sat 
in yeah. in Children Firehouse with a beer in front of you right now. And he was like, yeah, but we're just, we're just going to go somewhere different. I was like, okay then, bye. I heard about that. Very odd behaviour, but this is what I mean. He is just... But you know what he delivered? He turned up, you know... He's the best. He's, he's the, the best. best person to go on a night out with. Yeah, and it was really... He kept ordering bottles of Casalzur. Ca- Casalzur. Ca- ca- Class Class yeah. Loves it. The like, tequila. I hate tequila. By the end of it, I was like, another bottle. Another tequila. Let's go. Yeah, but that's not just any tequila. That's the best tequila. It's very bougie. It's very bougie. I was drinking it on its own and he was like, stop. You have to have it with orange. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, okay. <laughs> okay. And cinnamon. Did he do the orange and cinnamon thing? No. It's a whole thing. Okay, right. We will move on because yeah. people listening are like, like, shut the fuck up and get on with it. <laughs> so, okay, there. as I said, there's, there's so much I want to talk to you about today. Um, really an avalanche of stuff. I suppose and we'll start from the beginning. Tell me about your kind of childhood and adolescence, specifically in the context of, of body image and kind of how it developed as you grew. Because I knew that by the time you got into your 20s, it was something that you started to really struggle with. Yeah, um, I had a really, really positive start in life when it when it came to body image. You know, we were were really active family. Sport was a massive part of my life. Yeah. You know, I loved playing it at school. I was in, you know, I used to play county tennis, county hockey, like netball. It, everything, everything yeah. revolved around sport. Yeah, athletics, running, and I loved it. And I never had a problem with eating. I had a really great relationship with my parents. You know, I grew up with. I like to start off this conversation by saying that I grew up with a model. My mum was was a really successful model in the 60s and you know very beautiful and a lot of her life was based around how she looked yeah and a lot of her hang-ups came from that generation of women who were supposed to be seen and not heard yeah. and were always supposed to look immaculate yeah and there was a lot of language that was drip fed into the family not her fault yeah but was just product what she of her was, environment. products of her environment yeah. and what she was programmed to say. So I think on reflection, there was quite a lot of those messages coming that, you know, it wasn't necessarily exercise to be healthy. It was more like, you know, I, yeah, to be thin. And, you know, by the time I hit sort of 14, 15 and started going through puberty properly, my body started changing. And I know that my mum struggled in a way with our, maybe our changing bodies and how to talk to us about that. I know yeah. she was trying her hardest, yeah. but it wasn't landing particularly well and yeah. by the time I was 21 and had finished doing playing it straight 22 I developed a massive eating disorder yeah. I mean it happened almost instantly within the time that I came back from filming and the time that we were waiting for the show to hit Channel 4, mm-hmm. I had a period of probably eight or nine months where I just became obsessed with what I looked like, you know, calories, intake, going to the gym twice a day. It, it was like this horrendous devil that had appeared out of nowhere mm-hmm. and it was all-consuming and it happened so fast from going from somebody that had no hang-ups and no body issues. I was so confident. I mean, on that show, you watch it back and I sometimes watch it back and think, wow, I was really confident, I was really settled in my own skin. I really liked the way that I looked. What was the flip then? Was it that you knew that you were going to be on TV, that it was going to come out? Like, what? why then? I think the pressure of waiting for the show to come on. Yeah. And, you know, I was healthy size 10. Yeah. I knew that in terms of TV terms, that was probably, you know... Actually, I think things are very different now. But back in the day, maybe I thought wrongly that I was going to be too big and that people were going to comment. And then as soon as the show came out I went onto those forums and started reading people's comments yeah. and it was like she's really plump why did they choose her god she's ugly you know she what god she's she, I mean one one girl was like oh she's such a fatty I remember it vividly and I was wow. thinking a fatty I was a size 10 wow it's awful. It, awful and it really landed it really landed I'm I'm actually you know what you forget of course human nature has always been how it's always been but I think now obviously with the rise of social media Mm. and now it's so much more visible that these poisonous things get thrown out there about people on TV about Mm. everyone I mean you kind of think that back then it didn't happen but of course it did I mean Mm. my parents were getting poison pen letters in the 80s I mean saying all of this stuff to them then so okay so then that started happening how did you wade through it and how did you come out the other side how 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 long did that take you do you still struggle with it now like how how is the journey kind of i guess culminating for you i mean i think it's really important to say here that it got really bad before it got better of course but yeah. it did get better and that's yeah. a message that when i talk about my eat my anorexia that is a message that i really want to you know to scream loudly because a lot of people that have you know restricted food they feel there's no way out of it they feel like yeah. it's a prison sentence that they're not going to be able to get out of yeah. and it 100 percent is but for a long time the addictiveness of going to the gym 
and under eating and, you know, scooting past the kitchen to like make sure that I got up to my bedroom before I even looked mm. in the fridge. Mm. All those things were my day to day Normal. You know, like they became habitual. So it became and like write, writing food diaries, and it all became really scary. I think, I think the turning point for me was I hadn't had a period for five years. I was masking my illness quite well actually because I was so lean. So people were like, "Well, she's just really, really lean." Yeah, that's they hurt. didn't really know what was going on internally. Yeah, um, and that was, you know the fact that I wasn't menstruating and that I wasn't able to keep a relationship and yeah. I was really fucked up for a long time. Yeah. The turning point was actually meeting somebody, got to give him a shout out, Ryan, the lovely Ryan, who basically caught me at the end or the point that I was sort of trying to manage my, muddle my way out of it. Yeah. I'd been to the doctor, the doctor said to me, do you want to have children? And I said, yeah, of, co of course I do. And yeah. she went, it's never going to happen if you carry on doing what you're doing to your body. Yeah. And I was I was down to sort of six and a half stone at this point. Wow. And my body fat was like 3% or something ridiculous. And so she was like, you have to stop and we're going to help you get, we're going to give you some help and we're going to send you in the right direction. And then I met Ryan. Ryan said to me, you know, why don't you consider going to OA? And I remember thinking, why would I go to Overeaters Anonymous? Mm. Like I've, I'm, I'm anorexic. Mm. I, I starve myself with food. Mm. Um, all the while, my knees were giving up because I was doing so much running. I was running sort of 70 kilometres a week at this point. Wow. Um, so I'd had, by this point, I'd had three arthroscopies. So I was, it was, and the arthroscopies, the, having the operations were also a strange I guess, a strange hole for me to be in because I obviously couldn't then exercise. Mm -hmm. So the anorexia got worse. Yeah. So it was like, it was just, I was so fucked. I was so messed up. And yeah. my parents weren't in England. They weren't living in the country. So I really didn't have anybody. Anyway, Ryan said to me, why don't you go to Overeaters Anonymous? And I remember walking in the room and thinking, my gosh, there's going to be loads of people there that are binge eaters. Yeah. And suddenly I thought, we're all in this place together. Whether yeah. you restrict food or you go and eat and you overeat, it is all about control. Yeah. And suddenly yeah. these people understood what I was doing. They were walking to the fridge at night and yeah. binging and yeah. I was walking away from the fridge and restricting. Yeah. It makes me feel really emotional because it is, it is a really scary, scary place to be, something yeah. that's supposed to come so naturally yeah. for it to get that bad. And I do feel, I don't feel ashamed, but I do think, fuck, like how did I let it get that bad? But this is the thing, though, isn't it? It's You do get to a point with any mental health thing, and mm. I had it with generalised anxiety disorder at points where you feel like, this is never going to get better. Yeah. Like, I cannot see a way out of it. This is going to be the way that I live my life. And you just kind of almost accept this kind of doom and gloom and pain, and you, you sit in it. Um, but I presume, given what you're saying, that the OA classes really helped, mm. and this guy Ryan kind of helped mm. kind of shepherd you out of it. Yeah. But I think as well, like it was getting to a point where you're probably like, my body's giving up, and it's I have I need to make a choice now. So then, how was your road to recovery? Long. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really long. Yeah. Really, really up and down. Um, and it was baby steps for me, like real baby steps, as in just making sure that I was, my calories were coming up, that yeah. I started to be able to be in environments where I could be around food. Yeah. He had this wonderful family. Um, Anita, his mum, is still a really special person in my life, actually. And, you know, they, they had these big Friday night dinners and I just was, I suddenly just thought I felt alive again, you yeah. know. And even yeah. though I, there were occasions where I'd shut the door and think, oh, take a deep breath, like, it's okay, you can handle these situations. Because yeah. I remember I was avoiding all yeah. meals, meal times, dinners. I'd happily go out for drinks, but I'd never want to sit down and have a meal in front of anybody. So these were all firsts again that I had to teach myself to do and just remembering what life is there for yeah. which is to enjoy it and so he was instrumental the classes were in, were incredible and it it took me you know i guess by the time i was sort of 28 28 29 i i was out and yeah. out the other side yeah do you ever find yourself having day, hard days where you struggle with it now much like i have hard days with anxiety every now and again but the majority of the time i'm absolutely fine do you ever have days where you're like oh or you just you've put it in a box in it's behind you the only time it happened to me weirdly was when i was pregnant again really well that's just you lose all control over your body oh yeah oh that makes total people sense. kept going like what are you worried about like you're growing a human and i was like look at me look at the size of you me you told me this actually you yeah. told me in where were we somewhere in spain yeah and we're on some jetty somewhere yeah and i was saying how great your 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 breasts look oh my god my boobs i've got a whole folder of my <laughs> boob, my pregnancy boobs so his pregnancy boobs are the best <laughs> boobs i've ever seen in my life ever i was obsessed it, with them. everyone was obsessed with them james was like oh my god where do i look i was like it was amazing and you were like 
thanks, but I'm really struggling. And I was like, well, yeah. I think that's pretty normal. Like, yeah. no matter what you're like, to lose control of your body like that, it's, it's quite overwhelming. A lot more people need to have this conversation. Yeah. That, yes, of course, you're growing a human and wow, pat ourselves on the back. We're doing an incredible thing. But also, let's not forget that for somebody that likes to look a certain way and feel a certain way, more importantly, more imp- much, more, much importantly, more importantly, yeah. for that to suddenly completely change you know I was just gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight and gaining weight and I had to really do a lot of standing in front of the mirror and just being like this is okay this is okay I'm pregnant here's my baby I wanted this (laughs) and you know I will get back to where I feel really great again after in time and I did it in a really healthy way so not your question no I don't think that I not day to day it does it's not a thing but I do like to exercise look after myself and eat really well Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. There's so much, like I said, a literal avalanche <laughs> of stuff. I've never had such ease of writing questions for a guest I've ever had on the podcast, ever. Oh. I was just like, that. She, this has happened, this has happened. There's so many people who can relate. And just hearing you talk open and honestly, which mm. we're talking in the car about it, like you are, I, I don't, I just, I think you're just so open and honest and easy to talk to that you, even without trying, help so many people, and women mm-hmm. specifically. You, I mean, you've gone through everything with your body. So, let, okay, let's move on from that period of your life. Let's talk about when we first met, when you were, I, th- I think at that point you were unsure, but you were certainly concerned about potentially going through the early menopause. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what started happening, your signs and symptoms, and kind of how you managed what must have been quite a scary time for you? Yeah, so I'd never been the person that was was having the heavy periods for days and days on end. My periods were always quite light, yeah. and they were always between sort of three to four days. Yeah. So start, start with that. Um, after the kids, um, okay, so yeah, rewind. Uh, I was, I just met Doz, so it was 2015. My sister was married, 2015, so what was that, seven, eight years ago? My sister had just got married, she came off the pill, she was trying to have a baby with her then husband, Tom, and um, then she started developing all these awful symptoms, you know, headaches, brain fog, Uh, I mean, you name it, she had it, night sweats. It was horrendous for her. And she was ringing me up going, I I must be pregnant. I said, why? She goes, I just feel so weird. I don't don't feel well. I must be pregnant. Yeah, 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 remember remember this? this. Me and my mum were saying, this doesn't sound like she's pregnant. This sounds Mm. like something else. So she went to see the doctor. They started doing tests. They... There was a hormone that was present in her in her blood, which it either means you have a brain tumor or it means that you're going into early menopause or oh, going wow. into menopause. And at the time, so then they I diagnosed. I didn't know this. Yeah, that's interesting. They diagnosed her with a with with a brain tumor. We went into panic. We were like, they were like, you're too young, you're thirty three years old. You can't be going into menopause. It can't happen. Even the doctor specialist saying this to her, and she was like. I feel like I've got brain tube. Like it was horrendous time. Anyway, kept banging the door down. So irresponsible to diagnose someone like with without even having a scan. A scan. It's so irresponsible. I know. Oh, this reminds me of my cervical cancer scare. Anyway, carry on. Yeah, yeah. Carry on. Right. I mean, I. I it's just like you're so lazy. Yeah. Do this a scan first before you. So- my life. Like, what are you talking? Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So we went through all of that with her, and then obviously, as the months went on, it wasn't a brain tumor. It right. was menopause, and the pill she was she'd been taking the estrogen that she was taking in her yeah. pill her contraceptive pill had yeah. been masking her menopause yeah. they think it could have been for up to five years oh wow so she and she'd been on the pill since she was 16 so that yeah so anyway it left her completely infertile so my poor sister 
never got to have her children. And when this was going on, she was ringing me up saying, look, this is hereditary. We know that mum's gone through it. We know that granny went through it. This will be happening to you. I hadn't had my kids at this point. Yeah. I'd only just met Dozza. We were six this, months into it. This is when we first met. Yeah. yeah. And I remember having this conversation Because you just met James. Yeah. Like this. We met Jay. I met James like around the same time, pretty much around the same yeah. time. Um, and yeah, I remember having this conversation with you and you being like, you. I could see the concern on your face, but you didn't know. Yeah. But now we know more. So carry on. So yeah, continue. Yeah. Cut a long story short, we I start, decided to go and have my fertility tested. I had my AMH levels and my FSH levels tested. Yeah. Uh, you know, AMH was through the floor. I was told that I'd never have children naturally. And I just was just like, I can't. Oh my god, I've I missed the boat. This is like, I've met the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. Yeah. I knew instantly. But it's too late for me. So it was, I mean, I've said it before, but it felt like a real ticking time bomb. It yeah. was like, you've got to get on with this now. Yeah, yeah. I tried to freeze my eggs. It didn't work. They could, it was, I'll tell you what, that was probably the saddest, saddest two months of my life, watching eggs growing, growing, growing. Next time I went to the scan, they died, growing, growing, yeah, growing, growing died, incredibly died. hard. I just thought, oh my God, I'm not, it's so sad. It was just so sad. Anyway, it ha there was a happy ending because Dozza turned around to me and said, "Right, sod this. Let's just get shagging." Yeah, because this is this was something he was like, about I can Doz. get women pregnant when I look yeah, at them. Doz, yeah, obviously, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> this is the thing. Doz loves kids. He already had a daughter from a previous relationship. A fantastic dad. In a way that you couldn't have found a better partner to be like, I'm in a rush. Instead of one of those, I was like, "Whoa, babe, slow down." He was like, "All right, let's do it. Let's, let's go. Do How it." How perfect. You guys were always you're always soulmates. Anyway, so carry on. Yeah. So he was like, "Let's get shagging." He just said, let's, let's get, get shagging. This was in the September. And I was thinking, it's never going to happen. The specialist told me I won't get pregnant. I thought, body failing me, or yeah, I felt my body. Strong yeah, the strong sperm. Yeah. So we just did a load of shagging, legs above the head. And then by the January, pregnant. I mean, amazing. Couldn't believe it. Can't believe it. Just, yeah, so lucky. And so many people don't manage to have it. So I feel incredibly, incredibly lucky. So you got pregnant while you were kind of going through early menopause. Yeah, I hadn't started going into early menopause. But then. it was just. I had just, no symptoms. No. no, no, I had no symptoms at that point. But, okay. I, but my periods were light. There so was, yeah, there were certain kind of. There wasn't many eggs left. Things. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And yeah. then, so this was Luna. This was with Luna. Yeah. And then Kit. We got married in Ibiza. We went out to DC 10 one night. Things got a little bit loose. And then At we... DC 10? <laughs> Excuse me? Went back home. Whoopsie. No contraception. Pregnant again. Yeah, but also brilliant. How lucky. And then we had a little kid. Thank you, DC 10. Thank you, DC 10. You're the only fertile people in the whole of DC 10. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay, and sober enough to be able yeah, to have sex at the end of the night. I know. I can't believe you managed it. Well done, Doz. Well Dose. done, Doz. Well done, Doz. Um, so, yeah. And I know that that's not a lot of people's reality listening, so I really do think about that every single day, actually. And then... Yeah, but this is your experience. And I want, I want to be clear, like, whenever I have a guest on... That's not like, I don't know, a, a specialist. Well, you know, we have kind of specialists in weightlifting and, and we have doctors on a lot. Like Zoe's here to tell her experience of things. So I don't ever want you to feel like, oh, God, I know this isn't everyone else's experience. That's fine. This is yours. OK, That's thanks fine. for saying that, That's Chloe. fair. Thank you. Um, and then, yeah, so it was probably about 10, uh, nearly about a year after Kit was born, that's when I was like sledgehammered, and really? that is when, yeah, that is when all of my symptoms started. My periods were doing really crazy things, as in I was having period normal twenty eight days, then it was twenty two days, then it was fourteen days, then I was having bleeds constantly, then oh. I didn't have a bleed for like fifty three days, and I was and it wasn't just that. I mean, I was so depressed. I can't tell you. I barely really? could get out of bed every day. I wasn't sleeping. My headaches were terrible. Well, the worst thing for me was being a communicator, you know, trying to go in and do live radio yeah. and suffering major panic attacks in the studio because really? I was in the middle of links. I don't script my stuff. Yeah. You know, I'm an orator. You've been doing it for a while. For, for a while, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then just freezing and thinking, I've got no idea what, what words I'm next? trying to say. I've got no idea where I was going. Yeah. I had to explain on air loads of times that I'd make a joke and go, oh, I need another coffee and laugh it off yeah. and try and get into a song without completely dying yeah and I sat down with heart and said look I don't know what's going on I'm really concerned for my mind but I can't find the words can you bear with me and they were like of course go can and I just say as well I think people don't realize like how scary it is because I had it in pregnancy very 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 badly mm. I couldn't remember and be in the middle of a sentence and I'd, I'd be on a live with clients again it's my job this is what yeah. I do yeah 
and you, you you literally don't know what the next word is. You don't know what you're saying. And you know everyone's sat there listening to you or like watching you and you, you can't pull a word out. And when it happens day after day after day, you just want to fall apart because you don't... It's It has such an impact. And Zoe, you're completely yeah. right. Like when it when it's your communication and that's your job and that's also who you are at your core, like you're a communicator, it's like... It's horrifying. It's really scary. 55,000 women every single year feel they need to leave their jobs because of going into menopause, because of their menopause of 55,000 women. That's... It is horrendous. I think, yeah, it's so, it's so impactful. Anyway, so carry on. So you sat down with Hart and you said, look, I'm really sorry, there's something going on. There's I something going on. I need to do some investigating. Yeah. Please get around me. I really need you guys. They were incredible. Yeah. Dozza was amazing. But Dozza said to me, look, this can't go on any longer because yeah. this, this isn't really a marriage. Did it have a, re a big impact on the marriage? Yeah. yeah, everything. Because, you you know, I didn't feel... My body felt like a sort of dried up, dried up, I don't know, piece of fruit. Yeah. That's the way to describe it, really. Yeah. You know, not I, fully functioning. My hair not... was falling out. My eyes were dry. I, I couldn't get my thirst. I just couldn't drink enough water. Yeah. I had no libido. Yeah. I mean, zero. Yeah. I didn't want to ever have sex. I just didn't want and to again, do for it. Zoe, very out of yeah, This is really not me, guys. Yeah. <laughs> I like to talk and shag. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> maybe a bit of dancing. Yeah, maybe a bit of dancing. Go a bit on. of dancing. So that was really difficult for me. That was also like someone had taken away a limb. You know, yeah. my, 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 my sexual self is such a big part of me. And for yeah. me not want to, want to have sex with my husband, who I fancy, was just like, I just couldn't get my head around it anyway. Then we lost Caroline, which was just like another blow. God, I didn't realise that happened when you were going through that. That must have been... I didn't realise that those two mm. things synced up when you were already feeling that low. That must have been incredibly hard. It was in the February 2020 mm. and by the end of the month, beginning of March, just before her funeral, I got diagnosed with the early menopause and put on HRT. And my doctor was amazing. My doctor yeah. rung me and said, look, we've done your bloods over three months. Yeah, this is it. We need to get you onto it straight away. She said, "Come and pick them up tomorrow." And then the day after was was yeah was was Caroline's goodbye. So that was like a really. And then we went into lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> bang bang bang. Yeah, yeah. And again for you, lockdown. I, I was kind of okay in lockdown, but for you, that must have been really hard. So you really went through it. So you just touched on it there about the HRT. Talk to me about um, HRT and you and the post of it. Because I know a lot of yep. my clients. A lot of my clients are pre and postnatal. They're pre and postmenopausal. Yep. Um, and I a lot of them really struggle with HRT if, if they're lucky enough to be able to take it. Yes. They really struggle to be able to find that sweet spot. So much yeah. so that I'd say, a, a, not 50%, but a significant percentage of them just walk away from it altogether. And I'm always at pains to be like, obviously it's your body, it's your choice, but please keep trying. Yeah. What's your experience with HRT right. and, and what would you say to women who want to know more about that approach? Great question, Chloe. Thanks so. What an interviewer. <laughs> what a great question. Great question because it's definitely Suckerman C. So yeah. I started off taking basically two weeks of oestrogen and then two weeks of like progesterone. Yeah. I was really progesterone sensitive. So during that period, my whole, my boobs would go lumpy. I would get really bad headaches because I was taking it orally. Yeah. It wasn't localised enough yeah. and my whole body was being really strange. Yeah. I did that for like nearly a year and a half until I was like, oh God, this is awful. And actually my symptoms started to come back as well. So I've ditched the oral HRT. I then went to see an amazing, amazing woman called uh, Dr. Naomi Porter and she is Lisa Snow Odin's doctor oh, nice. and she just said look get a consultation in with her I thought yeah. I'll bite the bullet and pay pay the money because actually it's, you need, it's you need my a whole specialist. life yeah. it was day to day I needed I needed yeah. the help and she said right I just told her everything that was going on and she said right let's get you on the patches so I'm on estradot yes 100 milligrams I take now in the patches I put them on my bum change the size you've seen Davina doing the videos yeah 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 um, Davina's now like I don't know the the what the patron saint of the menopause is it but, she? That, I mean it's brilliant she's she's helping women feel normal and yeah. that's what's so important that's what you're doing too. Yeah. So go on. So you change your so butt. Change, uh, so <laughs> change your butt cheek. Change my butt cheek, and then I had the Myrena coil fitted. Yes. Which a lot of people are freaked out about having, but then I'd already had ch done childbirth, and they were worried about the pain, and I was like, dude. It's nothing compared to the pain of menopause. <laughs> the pain of childbirth. The pain of childbirth. childbirth. Well, I wouldn't know. I, I, I was emergency C-section, epidural the second I went in, the whole thing. So but I was you still just, know um, the recovery and like, I mean, how yeah, painful I know, that oh, is. You know oh, it. my God. Even just sitting up after a C-section, it's another joke. Yeah, it's, but also, it's like, I've had the coil. It's like five seconds of pain yeah. versus like a, a years of ease. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Just put up with it. Just grin and bear it. It's just amazing because it's so localised. So it's localised to my womb. Yeah. That's where it is. So I just don't get any other sensitivity to it, yeah. which is amazing. 
amazing. So thankfully, luckily, I'm in a really great place. I would say to people that are listening that have tried it and they're not getting on with it to switch it up. Yes, uh, that's 100% it. If it's not working change Switch change it, it yeah yeah the jet they've got amazing pumps gels creams you know obviously the, the coil that i'm talking about the yeah. patches you can try the oral hrt mm, didn't work for you didn't work for me yeah. it might work for other people yeah my mum was on oral hrt for 40 years yeah. and got a breast cancer diagnosis last year wow so that we all went into you know a bit of a state of shock about that yeah she says she should have come off it a long time ago because yeah. her tumor was related to the estrogen that she was taking it was an estrogen estrogen fed tumor so i know that there will come a period where i will have to come off it yeah. but at the moment i'm 40 i can't have any more joint pain i'm doing it for joint pain i'm doing it for like body fluidity i just yeah, can't i need mobility. it it's really also really really bad if we don't have estrogen at my age oh 100 no 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 i am really pro hrt all the way although i find it interesting that your mum had a breast cancer diagnosis and so your doctors basically said to you you can stay on it for the time being but we're monitoring it and yeah. we're going to monitor you yeah, it'll yeah. Be, I'll be fine for the next 10 or so years. That's really interesting. Yeah. And is your sister on it as well? The same HRT yeah. that you're on? No, I think she does the, the gel, actually, yeah. or the pumps. Just different strokes for different folks. Exactly, yeah. I mean, OK, so we'll move away from this in a second. But just to end on, on this, because so many women can relate to it. And I know, given how many of my clients are going through it now... Do you have any advice for women who are going through early menopause, which is quite a traumatic thing to go yeah. through? Any words of comfort or wisdom, yeah. that anything you would say to them mm. having gone through it yourself? Mm. Firstly, I really, really sympathise and you're not alone. Yeah. Please reach out to me anytime, day or night in, your, oh. in the DMs because I always want to have a chat with you. Mm. Secondly, please talk to your partner, your friends, you know, family, talk to your your work and explain yeah. to them what's going on. Yeah. Thirdly, please, please bang the door down at your, at your GP. Just yeah. keep going back and keep going back because they might say to you, oh, well, you know, you're probably just tired or yeah. you've got other things going on in your life or it might be a bit of mental health issues. Yeah. No, no, no. If you know your body, you know what's going on, really listen to, to your body, look at what your body's doing, look at what your menstrual cycle's doing, write everything down and just demand if you're in a situation where you can take HRT and you want to try it just keep going for just it keep just going. keep going for it yeah and because you know what you don't want to get fob fobbed off and that's when you start getting to a really dark place with it it's interesting how many clients of mine especially they didn't they didn't even think about HRT. They didn't even think about symptom relief. They don't even yeah. go down. And again, like great you and Davina and the menopause doctor, although I know there's some controversy around her at the moment, but just, just shining a light on it and being like, if you are viable, which is a big if, that's there's reasons if, yeah. why you might not be able to, it will change your life. Like it yeah. will change, or at least a significant period of your life. Yeah. Um, I definitely fly the flag for it. Also, I think it's important to supplement it with, I take collagen, um, Jenny Faulkner's collo. I take yeah. that every day. Although doctors say to me, oh, well, they haven't done any, there's no research. To, and I said, oh, fuck you. Yeah, but it's working for me. Yeah, it's take working it. for me. It's I'll take yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, vitamin B6, I take acupuncture is really great for it. Reflexology. So okay. there's like definitely yeah. things you can do to support it. Acupuncture is like game changing. Isn't it? I, I mean, I had it post postnatally with, with my C-section recovery. So it's the only... I think it's the reason why I don't have the quote-unquote C-section pouch. I think it's right. the only reason why. Really? And my my recovery just went from zero to 100 in, like, the four weeks that I was getting acupuncture twice a week. It's mm. mad. Do you know what? It's really interesting because I, apart from Doz's super sperm, I think <laughs> that acupuncture is the reason I got pregnant. So a quickly. lot of people say that. And a lot of people say that they were in danger of having a breach breech baby and the acupuncture turned the baby turned and the it's baby, like the yeah. last thing they tried yeah it's really interesting if you look at the statistics behind it anecdotally it works now well i don't know if that's psychological or i don't know if it's physiological or maybe it's both but if you look at the statistics behind it it works um there's yeah. just no real medical evidence behind it but it's I, it works it works guys it we're professional doctors okay <laughs> This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Simprove, a science-backed water-based supplement containing billions of live and active bacteria that support the gut. The podcast loves to discuss all things gut health and Simprove are here to support these conversations. I've actually been taking Simprove for years now. It's a staple of my morning routine, helping support my overall gut health and function. It's such an important part of my routine. I even take it on holiday with me to ensure that I'm supporting my gut health, which we all know can do strange things when traveling and eating different foods. 
Simprove is a non-dairy food supplement proven to deliver live and active bacteria straight to the gut so it can truly have an impact. 9 out of 10 customers report feeling a beneficial difference after taking Simprove and continue to take it daily. Simprove are offering a 50% discount on your first three month subscription. Use code BODCAST50, that's BODCAST50 to order yours today. Visit simprove.com and use code BODCAST50 for 50% off your first three month subscription. Okay, so I want to move on to kind of your more recent years, pre the knee issue, which again, I'm going to ask you about. Oh, God. And literally, you tick every box for my audience, like oh, injury, great. recovery, <laughs> menopause, pre and postnatal. <laughs> it's so interesting. I am fun, guys. I know. I told you, her body her body has gone through the ringer. <laughs> and man alive, do you look good now? I mean, honestly, you clearly, you clearly have taken some really hard kind of curveballs that have been thrown at you. And you've really worked hard on both kind of your 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 mental health and your physical health to get to where you are now because you've never looked better. But in everything, like just your smile, the way you talk, I feel good. You look I'm happy. You yeah. look happy, yeah, and happy. it radiates off of you. And I just I think that's also really a positive thing to put to the audience is that you can go through these things and you can come out the other side of them, and you you can look like Zoe, probably not, but, <laughs> but you can get to a really happy the kind of place that mm. she's in, which is it, honestly you radiate confidence and positivity and warmth i said this thank you firstly thank no, you for saying that but the other day i feel like i don't know if you ever get to points in your life maybe it's turning 40 but maybe it's you know i've lost my dad my mum has just coming out the back of breast cancer my marriage was on the rocks last year you know i've had this major ski accident which i would talk about but like i've got these beautiful children yeah and they are my absolute heartbeat okay. and i i feel quite emotional about life because I actually don't know when it's going to be over yeah. and it sounds like I'm saying it as a really more, more, more yeah, it's no, not a morbid it's thing not, no. it's more like I wake up every day now and I feel like life is there for me to go out and get it and yeah. I want to appreciate every moment that I have left yeah. on this planet especially with my amazing three who and and obviously Dozza saying but the but these three incredible humans they they just I don't know. They're yeah. just everything. It's the, my biggest achievement. So uh, I don't 100%. want to waste a moment feeling sad or, yes, things are going to come up. And I, I'm all about, you know, embracing if, if, you know, if you do have the tears and you do have down days, absolutely. But generally, yeah, like, uh, trying to be positive now. Trying Because it has to. been a tricky time. Because when you go through so many hard times and, and, and succession, and even, like, I remember that when, when Caroline, you know, wasn't here anymore, and I remember the impact that had on our social group and yeah. how everyone just kind of went into this deep grey lull yeah. even something like that and, and it, everything that you've been through if, you, if you're lucky enough to come out the other side of it the silver lining is that often you're like okay every day and it sounds so cheesy and I'm fully aware of that but every day is for me to make the most out of it so true um, I feel good I'm healthy yes. I'm happy I'm going to embrace this time because as you say you never know when that's going to change you never know when life's going to throw you another curveball and then you will have wasted you know the, the kind of happy healthy years you had ruminating on what happened in the past you've got to use those years to live in the present and it's I, so true and Chloe I know that you and James live this life but sometimes yeah. you know we get the kids to bed and I'm sure you get Bodie to bed and you know you probably should go to bed and Ezra yeah. and I sit in the garden you know yeah. in the summer months and we'll like drink our vodka lime sodas we'll put the music on and we start <laughs> dancing and suddenly it's two o'clock in the morning and you're like oh dear like, oh shit oh, we fucked that we've got to we gotta no, get to work that's the thing I knew when I went to Ibiza for the Hindu in the weekend I knew that if I posted about it I'd probably get some shit from people being like you have a baby at home who's with, of course I did who's with the baby did I? and I was like you know what I am a mother and that is the biggest role in my life, of course. Yeah. Um, I was recently saying to someone, that's why I'm not writing the fifth book that I've been offered, even though that's such... I feel like I'm really not taking the ball by the horns and progressing my career by writing a fifth book right now. But if I do that, not only will I suffer, it's a consequence of that, Bodhi will suffer. There's only so much I can do. Yeah. And I, I'm just a really big believer in I am a mother, but I have other things going on and she can still be the priority in my life yeah. while I'm doing something else. It's totally doable. Chloe, if you look at your pie chart of life, yeah. okay, so for a long, long time, I would imagine that it was basically 50% work, 50% yeah. you and James, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. And maybe more recently, it's 50% Bodhi, 50% work. Yeah. <laughs> James yeah. might yeah. get... James is an obese He's fine. He can handle himself. You are not programmed and you don't deserve to live that life. No. You have got so many other wonderful things that you can do with your with your life and you have to go out there and embrace them. You know, 100%. there's all your self-care stuff, the training 
yeah. for yourself, hanging out with your friends. Like, just because you are a mother doesn't mean that is your own Everything role. else is obliterated, I know. And I think it's really interesting how many people, you know, we're talking about the trolling when, when you're playing it straight, how many people, and I don't even know if they really believe it themselves or if this is just what they do and this is how they get their kicks, mm. are like, that now you're a mum that's it it's like that's really not it there's a lot more to life and I want her to see there's so much more to life I want her to grow up like mum I want to go out with my friends you know I want her to grow up saying like mum I want to go I want to try out this dance class whatever I want her to realise there's more to life than just sitting at home with me and James which I mean it's quite fun though sitting (laughs) at home with you and James I know James and I are so much fun Um, okay right so we'll move on to recent years and and I will get on to the knee but Let's just take that out of it for the time being. I feel like in recent years, you've gotten really into your health and fitness. And I feel like your training has progressed from what I've seen on social media. I mean, I don't train with you, although we should definitely do that. Um, yes. But, yeah. But it's, so talk to me about your training, because I feel like you have really progressed with it. And, and what, what did it start to look like before the knee situation? Oh, my God, I love training. Yeah, I know. I love it so much. I get such a kick out of it. I love it. Because not only is it just my time, so that also makes me happy because no one can get at me. I always make sure that I leave my phone alone. I'm not on my WhatsApp. It's just me with me. I love it, yeah. Um, But also, I just, I love setting goals. I love seeing progression in my strength. I love all the facets to it, like my weight training. Because that's what I feel like you started doing way more of, and I'm so into it. Do you know what? I, I think maybe I was doing it, but not recording it. And maybe now, maybe yeah, now you're it. like, am I even working out if I don't put it on social media? <laughs> I've always loved the balance between doing hit and cardio and doing and adding in the weight training element. I really feel like, as uh, especially as women, we've got to be really strong, strong yeah. in mind, strong in body. Yeah. And so I love the way and that my body going changes. Especially like early menopause, weightlifting is pivotal to your body at this point. I mean, it's gonna it stops all the sagging, yeah. all the elasticity. <laughs> I can't wait to get my tits done because I'm it? like, oh, these what I've left been I left know, with these that's now. Having kids and breastfeeding, I don't even want. I'm to not putting up with. Into my I'm not doing I'm it. Not, I'm going to get surgery. I'm taking, I'm taking the ball by the horns. I'm sorting it out. Yeah, fine. <laughs> Fair enough. And so you have a really, I feel like you have a really great, happy, healthy relationship with training and that it, it does really positive things for you. Yeah, yeah, it really does. You're absolutely right. Um, I miss running. I can't run, road run any longer, but yeah. I am, addi- I'm a bike nose now, so I'm addicted to oh cycling. Oh my God, are love you? It. Love it. I just can't get into it. Well, on the road or in the, in the gym? Both. I just can't, not on the road, you. I'm like, oh my God, this is how I'm going to die. And in the gym, I'm like, oh, 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 this boring. is so hard. <laughs> yeah. oh, it's so funny because like, when it comes to like actual resistance training, I'm I'm pretty savage. When it comes to difficult cardio, like doing hit classes, I'm like, oh, I should probably leave now. I should probably, this is really hard. Do you not so. do hit? Do you do, do you do hit? Not anymore. Not no. anymore. And I, I do, I really try. But I agree with you, though. I think in my industry, especially, um, especially in the weightlifting industry, there's this kind of big, I don't know, um, I guess false dichotomy of like, do you lift weights or do you do cardio? And it's like, you should probably do a bit of both. You should probably do a like, bit of both. Yeah, I yeah. Think, and I think that's, it's a really unfortunate side effect of my industry is like that, because I think so many women for so long thought that they should only really be doing cardio, that then the women that discovered that they could and should be lifting weights then look down on those women like, you just haven't learned yet. And it's like, well, there is a time and a place for both. Also, and I'm a, I'm a really big fan of that. Stop being so bloody judgmental. judgmental. Like, can't we just get our hands around it? everyone and say you want to start exercising it doesn't matter what it looks like let's just do it I often say to people on Instagram they're like how do you fit it in like classic case in point this morning there was no time for me to get after the school run there was no time for me to get to the gym so I just I knew that I had 25 minutes I took a mat outside I had a weight with me and I did a 25 minute low impact no equipment needed really and yeah. I just did it in the garden yeah. and I say that to people I'm like you get get the kids to do it in, you can do it in your, in your sitting room you can you know yeah. you can, if you haven't got a garden you can do it on your balcony if you haven't got any outside space go to the park yeah. you know there yeah. are things that you can do whatever yeah. it is or just go for a bloody walk yeah just go for a walk I say this all the time I have yeah. um, clients that oh, I'm going on holiday and I'm not going to have access to a gym what do I do and I'm like I've given you home body weight workouts for yeah. a reason just go even if you just move through it I do actually think there's this big misconception with it especially like body weighted workouts that you have to like smash through it and do like a thousand burpees till you're sick in a bin. And it's like, you can actually just walk through it really slowly. Just move your body. That's the whole point of it. Move your body. And elements will actually be harder if you go slow and elements might be easier. But all all I care about as a coach is just go and move your body, even if you're just going for a walk. I'm like, okay, just go for a half an hour walk. That's it. And how how lucky we are in a way to live in the world, you know, 2023, where we can can do that now. But also with Instagram, the way that it is, there are so many amazing workouts that you can find online yeah. through social media that yeah. take you 20 minutes to get through and they you know brilliant You're done. You're done. I, I i i do i do think things like yoga though that has to be for me that has to be brought in because i am characteristically like go out and smash 
smash yourself into a thousand pieces. And actually, yeah. since the recent well, sporty, since the fine. recent injury, I've had yeah. to really reframe that. And actually, you know, just doing more kind of movement and stretches, yeah. Pilates-based stuff has been really great for me. Oh, massively yeah. postnatally changed yeah. game. James needs to do it because he's had back surgery and yes. he needs to really strengthen his core. So we're looking into it. We're looking into couples Pilates. You and Dyson can come with us if you couples want. Couples Pilates. Do you want to do it with us? Yeah. You oh, can yeah. do it. You can do book like quartet classes. Is it like couples retreat the movie? No. It's, <laughs> can you imagine? It's Boom. such a good film. I Boom. fucking no it's it's like it's it, i think the the instructor i think she's the the girl who who i've looked at she does like it's called a quartet class and she's like obviously she's really good looking I mean, what is this like pilates like just attracts oh, like the most beautiful they? women i'm like oh, what no. what even is going on okay right let's move on from this talk to me about the knee talk to me about your surgery talk to me about your your recovery and where you're na- at now Oh, God. Yeah, tell everyone what happened. Can I just tell you that I love skiing more than anything else in the entire world? It's up there loving skiing more than I love my husband. So oh, yeah. let's just put it let's put it right up there. Oh, Been doing it since I was four years old. Yeah. It's my favourite thing to do. There yeah. was a big group of us in February. We go every year for half term. The kids are in ski school. I'm like having the time of my life. Forming like, it down a slope. 50 miles an hour. And we saw this woman on the blood wagon in the morning. We were going up on the gondola and I said, oh, oh God, it's so sad, isn't it, when you see someone on the blood wagon. And I remember looking at her and thinking, God, what has she done? That looks really bad. Anyway, that's not going to be me. <laughs> Genuinely, that moment happened. We went to Cromayeur for the day. We were skiing. We'd stopped off, had lunch. I wasn't a boozy lunch. It was about 3.30 in the afternoon. We were coming down. We'd had like six hours, end of day three. And we were not even... I mean, it wasn't even that technically that difficult. As yeah. in, like, it wasn't a black run. No, I was going to say, we... Yeah. No. Went from light to dark, a tiny lip, 40 miles an hour. I had the biggest crash of my life. What happened? Hit some ice, lost oh, control, shit. lost control completely. The, 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 the conditions weren't great, as in it was just icy Icy-y. and like there wasn't that much snow. And I just, my whole body spun. My knee and ski ended up in the opposite directions and there was this... No, oh, stop. Anyway, out oh. cold, woke up screaming. I would Guess what I was screaming? I fucked, <laughs> I fucked it. I fucked it. Like, it. Holding onto my knee because I knew I'd done some you serious done damage. It, yeah. it was my weak knee anyway. Yeah. So I like dragged myself to the side of the slope, and then and then Dozer arrives. Our other friends arrived, and these lo- this lovely French couple that were like, you know what you need? You need a tequila. Has anyone got any tequila? And <laughs> I was like, very need- good French accent. I need a blood wagon, not a tequila. <laughs> I mean, I'd take both at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like, Give me a shot. I'll take some drugs, some tequila, and the blood wagon. I just couldn't believe in that order. It. I just couldn't believe it. Anyway, we're laughing now. Um, anyway, the blood wagon came. They took me down the mountain. They went to hospital. Surgeon said he did that Latchman's test. Yeah, yeah. Is that what it's called? Yeah, Latch- yeah, yeah. And he went, 100% you've done your ACL. And I said, no, it's not. It's not. It's meniscus. He said, no, it's not. <laughs> and I said, well, you haven't done a scan, so give me a brace. I'm going back out. And he said, you're yeah. not, you can't ski. No. So obviously, I couldn't ski. No. And, then, and then spent the next three days in resort absolutely shit-faced because I was like, well, if I can't ski, I'm going to get drunk. drunk. Yeah, meeting up, with, meeting up with other people that had done injuries. Anyone I saw with a brace, I was like, excusez-moi, vous voulez un bien? And then they'd come over and be like... speak French, though? Did I not know that you speak French? I was like, no wonder your accent is bloody good. Speak French. Very good, very sexy. Thank you. That enjoys that. He does. And then... Yeah. Anyway, long and story long story short, again, um, it was it was my ACL when I got back home. So and then and so, how have you found recovery? Because I know mentally that's really tough hell. for people like you and me who are really active. I think it's there was tough. a reason that I did it. So I had to. I've now realised that the world was telling me to slow down. I needed yeah. to slow down, yeah. and I needed to put some healing back into my body again and yeah. look after myself because I'd been looking after my mum. I'd been looking after my marriage. I'd been looking after my children. It yeah. was about me. Yeah. Um, but the the initial part, they took a piece of hamstring and made a new a new ligament at the back of the knee, and they took all my meniscus out. So I'm now without meniscus because the damage was so savage. Yeah, yeah. So recovery's been slow. I'm 12 weeks post-surgery today. And? And I'm now doing 10K on the bike. Nice. Squatting, lunging, pull-ups. It's amazing that you're squatting 12 weeks post-ACL surgery. That's incredible. Jumping. 
And I said this to you on the on the Zoom call. I said, I think I think you might be able to do it like a 12-week recovery. And you were like, no. Yes, you said that to I me. I did. And Dorsey was like, no. James was like, no. I was like, no, I'm sure I've heard of that happening before. I've heard of really, and it's not it's not common, but it happens. Yeah. People who rehab properly, who are able to do some semblance of real exercise 12 weeks post-surgery. And you fucking did it. And I knew you would do it. You did say that. that. You are that, you are that sporty, athletic, focused person like, who's also not going to fuck around you're going to take care of your your mm. rehab mm. that's the difference like when they tell you and i had this postnatally as well like when they tell you no no you cannot exercise for two weeks six weeks twelve, you have to listen to them yeah. you have to do the rehab work or you're only going to yeah. prolong your recovery or you're just going to have a secondary injury do it properly and that's why because you nailed and it and also any well, thank you for saying that. And I really did take it seriously. But anybody listening that is, is heading t for surgery, the best advice that I can give you is prehab. The prehab, which was four weeks for me, was yeah. key. I yeah. got my right leg as strong as it's ever been. I was single leg squatting. I was doing bench presses. I basically turned it into a rock. Yeah. And then to because, build muscle, to build muscle the because then yeah. I didn't actually get that much muscle wastage. No. I got myself a complex. I got myself a um, physio lab. Yeah. Those were like two pieces of key kit for Complex, me. man, they're so expensive. No, I got one on eBay for 120 quid. Shut up, did yeah. you? Oh yeah, get yourself Don't tell James. Second-hand complex. so much money on complex. He lost one. He had to buy another one a couple of years ago and he was like, he still still talks about it now. He did not spend that Shop money Shop around, on it. guys. Shop, Shop around. around. Get yeah. yourself onto eBay. They've got them all. I'll sell you mine because I'm done with mine it's now. so good, though. It's anything you can do. Um, and then obviously physio afterwards. My physio, Louise Orwin, is incredible. And I had a really good surgeon. And I'm, yeah, I feel really great. So I'm jumping this week, plyometrics, all that sort of stuff's back. I reckon I'll be jogging in three weeks. See, this is why I got Zoe on the podcast. I mean, listen, she's been through a lot, as you've heard. Some of it quite traumatic stuff. And she's like, I literally, I say this all the time, like Tarzan swung from vine to vine. Like, what do I need to do next? Mm. What do I need to do next? What do I need to do next? Until she landed on her... <laughs> Wooden platform. <laughs> well, this analogy is getting out analogy. of hand. <laughs> yeah, it's getting way out of hand. And and she she landed on her feet and she embraces the good days. She embraces where she's what she's been through and what she's come out of. And I really want people to because I know. I know that it can be really hard going through the menopause. I mean, I don't know from experience, but I know from coaching mm. the clients that I coach. Mm. I know that it can be really hard when you're struggling with an eating disorder. I know that it can be really hard when you're injured and you've got a yeah. rehab and you're somebody who loves, whose mental health, oh, yeah. not just physical health, is so dependent on exercise. One step at a time, one vine at a time, and you will land on your feet and you will celebrate when you get there. Zoe, I want to say thank you so, so much for coming on. It's such an incredible interview and I'm so happy. I think you're going to help so many women listening yeah. to this. I just cannot thank you enough for your time. I know you're busy. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. What a beautiful conversation. And it's lovely. You. And I, I, I've, I've really, really enjoyed it. Guys, if you like this episode or any episode of the podcast, please share it on social media. Like, subscribe, leave a review. Everything really, really helps. And we will see you next week for another episode of the podcast. Podcast Network.